just got to be your best version, live for you today. Look forward to it, excited. Wake up every day, be beautiful. And sharing how you feel with the other person. So I think just live the best version of us. Welcome back to the Live a Great Story podcast, a weekly show focused on inspiring you to live your own great story. Each episode touches on universal themes ranging from crazy adventures to overcoming adversity, making a positive impact, changing your life's course, and more important lessons that will help inspire your journey. I'm Zach Horvath, founder of Live a Great Story, and since 2014, I've been on a mission of inspiring and connecting people through stories. What started with some spray-painted street art has now grown into a worldwide movement. We are all on our own journey. No matter where we came from, what language we speak, the color of our skin, or anything that seemingly makes us different, in the end, we are all just humans living our own story. And it's up to you to be the hero of your story, which inspires other people to do the same. This podcast is all about inspiring you and your journey. If you resonate with this episode, please share it with someone who needs some inspiration too. And if you want a reminder to keep living your own great story, head to liveagreatstory.com to buy some inspiring apparel or accessories and for more stories from people just like you. Enjoy the show. Ben, thank you for being on the Live a Great Story podcast. I'm super excited to be here. We were like texting, trying to figure out if this was going to work. And mm. we met on a bus coming from Hanoi up here to Hajang. How do you say it? Hazan. Hazan. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice to meet you as well. Like on the bus, it was surprised me because I have been waiting. Like the driver drove me around in Hanoi, dropped someone's off, and then someone called, said, okay, and come back, and then call back to pick up you. And that's where I met you. <laughs> yeah, I got on. I was late. I had two bond meetings. <laughs> the driver's yelling at me like, we got to go. We're like running through the streets. And then we got on. We started talking about how you're a tour guy. You're mm. coming up to uh, this area to do a tour. And we just had like a really cool kind of bus ride to mm. the next bus. And yeah. then you shared so much interesting things about Vietnam and China and the culture and like your history of being a tour guide for mm -hmm. up here for like 12 years, but also before that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just like really excited to be here and to talk and listen to you and mm. hear more about your story and uh, whatever you want to share about Vietnam. And mm. uh, so I appreciate you being here and would love to start off with your story. So just mm -hmm. uh, how did you, who, who is Zen? Um, Zen is a Hmong girl from Sapa. I grew up in the rice, like with rice field, and my parents are farmer. So I learned how to speak. No, I learned my English from very young. When I was 12, I was like a vendor, like selling handicraft to the tourists. And that's how I make my living. And I tried to move away from my family when I was 14. And I had a dream that I don't want to be farmer forever. So then I learning more English and for the first my mom does not allow me to like continually she wants me to go home and learn how to make clothing and Hmong culture and get married by I'm 16 or 17. So I say I don't want to do that. I can't living in this life with following the step of my parents. So I decided to learn more and I moved further. And I moved to Sapa when I was uh, 
during the 14 already, but then I became a guy when I was 17. That's my dream job. And even I've been working guy for now is like 16 years, but I never get sick. <laughs> I still love it and I want to continue. And now it's become my passion and my hobbies. No matter what, after COVID, it makes me love my job even more. Wow. Mm. That's amazing. So, okay, so you left your house when you were 14. Mm. Your parents were like, we want you to probably be more traditional. Mm. They don't probably understand. Yeah. Didn't at, at the time, didn't understand what it means to be a guide. Yeah. Probably working, you know, in, in the rice, yeah. different yeah. business than mm. they're used to. Um, but you're like, no, I want to do this. I don't want to be a monk or mm. I want to be like <laughs> traditional. Yeah. And uh, you kind of bleached your own path mm. and started, um, I mean, going down this path. When you, so how did you know about being a guide? and like? Because like my like, friends, I see some of the monks are guiding in the early, um, I think it's before 2000. I was a kid and I say, well, I want to be like them. Why can I, how, how can I start it? Then I see they speak good English. Then I start from the very young that I want to be the same. I want to make a lot of money and I want to be independent for myself. Then that's how I think. And then it becomes the reality for me and this day. And I don't want to farm to be honest. I will rather die than be farmer because every day you farm and you're going to live with the animal and just like repeat your parents' life. And that's not how, what I wanted. And that is not in my vision. Wow. Yeah. So you knew very young. Mm. You're like, this is not He's what not I want to do. Hmm. And so, wow. So then how far away did you grow up from Sapa? 8K away. Okay. So yeah. just out, out, like on the outside. Yeah. Okay. And during that time, I was quite poor and we don't have like enough food. So my mom said, oh, you have to do this to make money. Then like sometimes I earn like one or 200 K. Then we, I have to bring home and my mom buy food for all of us. Selling mm. your craft? Selling handicraft. What were you making? Oh, like a hemp and like a handbag or example, like a pillowcases to the tourists. They buy it and I make a small money and bring home the money. And then I can save the rest to buy more stuff for me to start again. So that's how I continually just repeat, repeat like for years and years and I speak better English. And when I was like uh, 17, my English was not like this, wasn't that good. But I continually learning so hard. And now I have spoken English for 18 years, something like that. Wow. Yeah, more than half of my life are English talking but i mean i'm still not perfect but i would like to be more and improve so i want to continue with my business yeah mm. i mean it was so cool to get on the bus and then i you know i was like hey i was like a mess i had like my my sandwiches like the mm. bags and i said hi to you and you were speaking to me so good in english and i was like oh cool like she's like a traveler or you know you're I, I didn't think that, so I, yeah, I was like, you're a traveler or something, and um, and then all of a sudden, the, you're like talking to the bus driver, and I was like, oh, she's, <laughs> she's like a local, and you're just like, blah, 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 and I was like, oh, cool, like, I, I totally didn't expect for that to go down like that, and mm -hmm. um, and then I just started asking you questions about, like, being a guide, and, yeah. and so we had, like, a really cool conversation, because I basically got on this <laughs> bus to come up to this area mm -hmm. to do the Hajang Loop yeah. um, with, like, no... 
understanding. No expectation from yeah. anything, right? No expectation, no plan. I didn't even have a place to sleep that night. <laughs> Barely caught the bus. Yeah. And um, and so you were just telling me so much cool things about this area mm. and um, and since shared so much more about like the culture and the things to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you grew up. Your parents were like, was it hard for? Like a lot of your friends and stuff that you grew up with, did they see that this, like your path as a guide, was it very different? Like a lot of your friends were like, whoa, like you're doing something so much different than our like core group of people. Like did you, you branched out pretty hard or is it, how was how that compared to your community? Mm, compared to my parents, is I'm going different direction. But my friends, we all go in the same way. Some of them have a business they stay, like they own a restaurant, they own a company, like travel agent, things like that. But for my family, I'm just like pivot on the other way. <laughs> you have but, siblings? Yeah, I yeah. have two older brother and one younger sister. So yesterday I went to town to meet my sister. Today she's going back to Hanoi. So we are we both a guy. And that's why I named my website as a Dragon Mountain family. Because I want me to be my sister. Like, I want to be close just with the family business for the future. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great to work with your siblings. And, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Mm. Okay, so your sister's a guide, you're a guide, and you've been doing this for like over 12 years here, Morning. but like over 18 years. Mm. So very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like in the early days? Like, how did you, like, start being a guide were you learning from other people because if you were doing this you know let's say 15 years ago that's like close to the beginning of the internet yeah right like people probably weren't like yeah probably weren't that many travelers Mm. you've seen i'm sure an explosion of travel in this area Mm -hmm. probably sapa to Mm. all over vietnam so how how has like the career how, how has it changed for you like since the beginning days starting to be a guide and now, like, what is the difference there? The difference in early, like, there's not many guys. Mostly it's Vietnamese from Hanoi. They are toy guys. They come to Sapa to work in Sapa because during the time was very small and the town is not growing this big this day, that day, in the early day. So we, they, like the Sing Cafe sell the tour in Hanoi and then send the customer to Sapa. And then, like, some of the hotel upset the tour from Hanoi and then they signed it for us to do the trekking and that's how it worked but it was quite tough because sometimes our English is still not good it happens in the early day but then we all practice that's yeah. how it go cool mm-hmm. what was um okay so Sapa is like small town in the mountain yeah it's like southwest of here no, northwest. Northwest, further yeah. north. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so it's even smaller. It's, it's pretty small. Um, this day is quite big. We have okay. maybe over 100 or 200,000 people live there. Okay. Yeah, because like very popular during the 2016, we have the cable car. <laughs> and then I think one year we have like 2 million tourists come to visit now in oh. this day. But during the COVID, it was not much. Yeah. Yeah, but now it's like crowded. Yeah, I'm sure mm. COVID was a lot different. Mm. Yeah, especially being as a tour guide. Mm. It was so hard for me. I was like, wow, I don't know if I come back to my job again. But suddenly, yes. <laughs> come back. I come back to life. What did you do during COVID? So during COVID, I changed so many jobs. So first, I work in a restaurant. 
that someone recommends me. Then I work there for three months, and then I change to another job for like one month. Then they don't want to pay me like on time. I quit, and then I went to I I quit the job, and I went to work another restaurant, and they fire me for some reason, and then I went to work another restaurant in a bar. It's a, a Latino restaurant, like empanadas, sort of like um, really Argentina, and. I worked there for six months. Then COVID happened. Then I have no job, and I moved from Hanoi to Da Nang, and um, I live in Da Nang in Hoi An for like one year, and then I moved to Saigon for five months, and I come back here for like five months. So wow. that's how how COVID moved me around a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, especially being so tourist mm. heavy, and it's like really difficult, and then. And when travel like, like just cut off, yeah, yeah, it's very hard. I can imagine the cities too, like this. It's like, dying. Yeah, it's so. I mean, being you know where, like I heard in um, Hanoi, you know, you could only go like a certain distance from your house, mm. and and so it was like really hard, and and people, you know, there there there's um there were like police patrolling the oh, streets, yeah. mm, and, mm. and the, but the cities are like crazy. So there's like so many people, and then all of a sudden, like yeah. To be in that environment, mm -hmm. closed off, must yeah. have been super wild. Some of the district, um, we call that 16 insulation. If you go past that, then they make you sign the paper, put your name in the government, <laughs> and then you have, you got fined for that. So one time I went for jogging, and then they got, the police say, oh, you sign your name here, and I just ran back home. <laughs> no. I, was, I said, I don't want to go. I won't, I won't put my name there. I go back home now. Yeah. And that wow. was really, like, scared me, because I thought that would, Will be the end of everything. Yeah, I was sad. I think okay, I don't know how to survive now. Wow, yeah, that must have been hard. Yeah, but that's when you started running. Mm, the running that's that's when I started jogging, and now it's become one of my biggest passion and hobbies. Then maybe I will cycle a marathon <laughs> for this year. But I still training. I was I will see. Cool. Mm. Okay, so um, what about? I think if you could sh like, so you're, you said you're Hmong, mm -hmm. that's your tribe? Yeah, that's my, my community. We all came from China, originally from uh, Yunnan province. In the early 1700s, we got refugees in like, uh, the Chinese was like against us. So we refugees from China to Vietnam. And the people early moved to Vietnam, they go across the border to Laos and Thailand. But we are the last one. So like 200 years ago, we uh, stay in Vietnam. Just cross the Red River, come to uh, North Vietnam, and then live here. So you're like great great grandparents mm. or something like that. Like ten generation, probably. Ten generations. I don't know, probably. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so they came, and wow. Okay. Um, okay. And then, how does that? How does that work? You were explaining yesterday a little bit more about that, like kind of the difference between, or like how a lot of Vietnam, there's like 93 or, um, tribes or something you said? Oh uh, no, we have 53 different tribes. Mostly came from China. China has 56 and we have 54, included the king as a the Vietnamese person, a Vietnamese group. So we are the, okay. So Hmong will be the second large group minority people in Vietnam, then the Thai is, will be the first and the Vietnamese will be the very, very first one. And the other is like the baby slowdown. Okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, Vietnam is basically comprised of all these different mm. minority groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting. And you were talking about how this family came and mm. like a hundred years ago to this house, yeah. and then they had to fight off yeah. the Chinese. Were trying yeah, to from the nineteen seventy nine, the fire, like the whole village here, they, a lot of people get killed or like they lost their arm, lost their leg. Some of these days, we can still see some of the village people has no arm, no leg because of the war and the war against with the China. Wow. Yeah. It was so really they defended it. Yeah. They pushed it back and mm. they drew the border. The, the Chinese just wanted revenge. If they would take over, that would be just like overnight. Mm. Wow. Even this day, they, they still talk, but <laughs> we don't want to fight. No. No. Peace. Okay, cool. So mm -hmm. tell me about like people that don't know about this area. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about Hajong mm -hmm. until I got to Vietnam and mm -hmm. I saw people been like doing the loop. Mm -hmm. So what is the loop and share a little bit more about this area mm -hmm. so that so, you'd be excited to come because I yeah. saw it and I was mm -hmm. like, I have to go to mm -hmm. this. Like, mm -hmm. As soon as I heard about it, yeah. it's like, wow, this place is amazing. Mm -hmm. How come I've never heard about this before? Mm -hmm. So Hazang is open for tourism between 2000 or less, no, early or later, about 2008. Even was quite hard to come here because you have to get a permit at Hazang uh, city, then you can go up. But this day is become more popular because more tourists come here. How, why it becomes so popular? Because we have one kind of flower that just discovered in 2013 or 2012. The name is called Bad Wheat Flower. And you can make cake out of it. And that becomes so, so popular and becomes so famous. And people know it. And Vietnamese want to come here. So they make a lot of video. And they, they start to film me and take photos for highlight. And it's just become like bigger and bigger for the world to see. And now it's like the beginning of... The journey and open this region for tourism and if people want to come to visit probably will be now the best time if it's later they probably build a lot of uh, new things and you won't be seeing the traditional anymore and the culture but the thing is like the government does not allow them to build anything on the plateau like the uh, Dongvan plateau up there because like very rocky mountain and they've been this for like millions of years if you build it, you will destroy the nature, and um, they're so pretty. So should go now, and don't don't wait. <laughs> Discover more, because there is many things to see, and also lots of tribe are still very poor, and they're living in the like hundred years old. Some people still, wow. so it's a good time. So come soon. <laughs> soon as you you find out. Yeah. Because otherwise, it will be too many people. And there won't be any beautiful less left. Yeah. Mm. And what can people do here? So they do the loop tour. Example: If you haven't found it out yet, you can go to like motorbike tour or hiking one day and do the a loop about four day, and you will visit like a Hazan uh, Hazan first, Quan Ba, and then Yingning, Dongwang, Miaovat, Mapiland. That's the sky path. And you go to the Nyokwe River, where is the, that's the river you go through the, between China and Vietnam, the border, that's the river. And that is absolutely amazing. Wow. Mm, you should see once, once alive. I'm excited, I'm going today. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see it all. Yeah. Um, and 
So this is just about five hours or six hours from Hanoi. So it's pretty easy to get up here. Yeah. Get a bus. You can get overnight bus or day bus in the morning. You leave seven, you're probably arriving here 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. in the afternoon. If you want to leave at nighttime, you leave four o'clock, you arrive at 10.30 or 10. It depends on the traffic. And it's quite easy when you go search for the bus Hanoi to Hazan. You can find it easily online. But some of the people does not speak English. So you need help. <laughs> you gotta, where you come in. Yeah, that's where I mean, I'm exist. <laughs> cool. And, and you are called, your website called dragonfamily.com? No, no uh, dragonmountainfamily.com. Dragonmountain yeah. What's your website? Dragon Mountain Family. It's basically me and my sister, you will see the picture, and it was a rice field. I took it. So mostly the um, Dragon Mountain family, the picture, I took it by myself. Like before, I wanted to take it from the internet, but my friend said, you shouldn't do that because you copied from someone. So I did it and I created, I still creating the itinerary in this day, but I nearly finished already. I just need to get it done. Yeah, the website's amazing. Has tons of really cool photos that you've Thank taken you. yourself, mm -hmm. and uh, very great. And people can find you, and you post on Instagram. Mm. What's your Instagram? Uh, Dragon Mountain Family as well. WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I have it. Um, Twitter. I don't want it. Uh, what else I have? Uh, I have one more. I can't remember. I can't remember. You forgot about it. Is there anything else that you want to share with people about maybe travel or meeting other cultures or something that you would like to encourage people to do in general? Mm, I think when people come to Vietnam, if they want to learn culture, they should go to the north or center Vietnam. But in the south, they don't wear too much traditional. But if you if people want to learn more about the culture, mostly Sapa, Hazan, um, Sun La and Dien Bien has more. And that will be the best if you want to learn or experience. Cool. So I run, live a great story. Obviously, mm. I gave you a sticker that mm. you put on your backpack yeah. uh, on a magnet or on a patch on the back. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to hearing about that. Mm -hmm. What does live a great story mean to you? Oh, um, just got to be your best version, live for you today. Look forward to it, excited. Wake up every day, be beautiful. And sharing how you feel with the other person. I think that's pretty much how I feel, but I don't know exactly because I'm not an English person. So I think just live the best version of us. Great. And I, I always tell my story to everyone I met, like personal. Sometimes I cannot expression, it's like, more than that. when I talk I cannot talk everything it's just in the feeling <laughs> well, this has been great Zen yeah. I appreciate yeah. this yes. thank you for making the time mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll get to trek a little bit at some yeah. point or meet, sure. meet up in the mountains and uh, look forward to keeping in touch and yeah, yeah just grateful to um, met and, yeah uh, yeah awesome thank you I'm excited Wish you have a good trip.